Les's League. Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Let's go through the Super Sunday that was in round four. Sorry about getting this one out so late. Obviously, had a, a bit of family over. Um, last night, so you know, had to talk with the fam, had to hang out with the fam, uh, family members I haven't seen in a while, so it was good to sort of catch up with them. So I didn't record last night, uh, and then this morning I had training until about eight o'clock. So sorry about uh, this being so late coming out, but we're doing it now anyway. At least it's coming out. Uh, you know, late is better than never. So let's get into the Warriors v the Bulldogs game. The structure of this weekend was so weird, having three games on a Sunday. Did not expect it whatsoever. Uh, I was sort of just going through the notes from Saturday and all of a sudden there is, you know, the Warriors v Bulldogs game on. Now, to be honest, I don't really agree with the Sunday game finishing at 8 o'clock, especially, you know, for the younger fans who have to stay up a bit later than they normally would, uh, you know, for the next day going to school and stuff like that. People have to go to work early in the morning, uh, 8 o'clock you know, a game finishing at 8 o'clock on a Sunday isn't really ideal at all. Uh, I'd rather just stick to the normal structure how it was before. You have the two games on the Sunday during the day and obviously Super Saturday, three games Super Saturday. Uh, I think that would be much better for NRL fans. I think most people would prefer it that way. But anyway, we'll get into this game. Now, can I just say that the Dogs, they started with plenty of momentum in this game, but the Warriors, to fight back from behind, uh, you know, to overcome all of the injuries that they had during this game, they lost Torhu Harris, and they lost Maradini Corey at a little stage this game, and then obviously they lost Tamale Martin a bit later on in the game, but the fact that they had the resilience to come back in this game to get the win 16-14. Super impressive there from the Warriors. Super impressed with how this team is actually looking thanks to Andrew Webster. I mean, uh, the Warriors have had a massive turnaround, you know, comparing them to last year. Obviously, you know, that bottom four sort of team. Now this year, they're, you know, really making a statement in this competition. One of those teams that are going to create a bit of havoc um, you know, for other teams in this competition. And we've seen it on the weekend uh, against the Bulldogs here. They really uh, put out a strong performance. And, you know, there was this narrative that the Warriors can't win away from home. Well, they won the previous week against the North Queensland Cowboys. Yes, a depleted North Queensland Cowboys, but they still got the win away from home. Uh, and they got a pretty awesome grindy win here against the Bulldogs. Do I think they'll make the eight? I still got to see a bit more of them. Uh, but look, I'm definitely not riding them off yet. They are looking super impressive to start the year. Chance at fullback is working out quite well. I'm really impressed with how he's going defensively and attackingly as well. Uh, I, I'm super impressed with how... Uh, chance to go clock start is going. I was sort of talking to the guru last night as well about, you know, we were so keen on Luke Metcalf to come into this side. We were thinking about fullback. We were happy to move chance to center to fit Luke Metcalf in. Now I'm not so sure. Now I pretty much think it's going to be, you know, unless there's an injury in this team, an absolute dogfight for Luke Metcalf when fit, when ready to come back into this side to get into this side. You know, the 14 spot is taken. Obviously, Dylan Walker takes that. The center spots, I mean, those are quite unconfirmed. I don't see Luke Metcalf as a center, though. I'd much prefer him in the spine. He's definitely a spine player for me. I wouldn't mind to see him in a few games, maybe to start off in the centers, you know, just to blood his way into this, into this side. Um, you know, Sean Johnson's killing it. You know, we thought... Uh, this year that the main factor, you know, if Luke Metcalf was to get back into this side 
would be, you know, the form of Sean Johnson. And obviously, he's come out in this game particularly and had an absolute blinder. So it's really, really hard to fit a guy like Luke Metcalf into this team. I'd love to see them, you know, sort of try and figure that one out. But I don't think he gets into this 17 unless there's an injury just quietly. I really don't. I think it's going to be much harder for him to get into this 17. But let's talk about the events of the game. So obviously, Avarillo sets up his winger, Jacob Kiraz, with a beautiful offload there, a beautiful flick pass. Super silky there from Avarillo. I thought he had a pretty decent game as well. I would love to see him get a little bit more involved, but I thought he played okay. Uh, tough forwards for the Warriors. Fuck, the forwards were good for the Warriors. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake, he kills it every single week and doesn't get talked about. I don't know how. It's almost like we expect it from Adam Fanua Blake now for him to run, you know, over 100 metres and make over 30 tackles. We just expect it. But fuck, he is one of the better forwards in this competition for sure. Super underrated for me, Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, the Warriors' defensive resilience as well, particularly when they lost some of their key men in the forwards, to have that defensive resilience against the dogs that were, you know, very up pace, very, you know, they had a lot of the momentum in the first half, particularly at the start of the game. But the de- defensive resilience from the Warriors, not just to start the game, but, you know, throughout the entire game, uh, I thought was beautiful. Uh, really, really impressive there. I saw the defense by Alan Motti and Addo Carr. Um, you know, I mean, they're not just good in attack. And we talk about how they're one of the best sort of attacking pairings on that right side, or sorry, on the left side um, for the for the Bulldogs, you know, in this competition. They're not just good in attack. Their, their defense is solid. Alamonti's defense in on the weekend um, against the Warriors, I thought was awesome. Um, obviously, you know, a little bit of miscommunication at some points, but... For me, there was more good than there was bad. I was really impressed with Addo Carr and Alamotti, not just in attack, but in defense as well. I thought they were really impressive. Uh, Fanua Blake gives up a penalty, and then tough Warriors defense shuts down the dogs, uh, and Blake drags Preston into the tu- into touch. I thought that was a big moment in the game. You know, you thought the Warriors were going to get a little bit scrappy with errors, and then um, Adam Fanua Blake puts his hand up and goes, I fucked up, but I'm going to make up for it, and he drags Preston into touch. Massive play, massive shift of momentum in the game, um, and the Warriors, even not just their style of play, but their kicking game as well, uh, it really gave them an upside in this game. And Sean Johnson, his passing and kicking game looked dangerous. He was just dangerous, you know, throughout the entire game. And an example of that was his try that he set up for Valea, that beautiful pass he set up for Valea. Oh, I thought that was unbelievable. He's really improved over the past few weeks. He's really making a statement that he's still got some good football in him. Uh, and I can't wait to say that over the next few weeks. I'd love to see the Warriors. It'd be such a good narrative if the Warriors were able to get close or maybe even work their way into the eight. That would be unbelievable. Uh, it was a tough end to the first half with tough defense and attack. I thought that it was a super physical game, but it was also a super fast-paced game as well. Uh, Farmani Brown, unfortunately, he broke his arm. Uh, well, it's reported that he's broken his arm. I think that's super unfortunate. You know, a guy that's worked so hard to make it back into the NRL breaks his arm. Super unfortunate for him there. Um, and you look, to be honest, I don't think the dogs were using him right. They were using him as a battering ram through the middle. And that's what happens, to be honest. When you put backs as forwards, that's generally the big risk that you're playing with there to get them uh, big injuries because they're not used to playing in those types of roles. I'd love to see him at 13, but not the battering ram 13. The ball running, um, you know, passing, link man, sort of roaming half 
13 sort of role that we're seeing a bit more uh, over the past few years. That's the role that Farmani Brown suits in this team, not the battering ram. So super unfortunate that he's broken his arm. And look, I'm not blaming the Bulldogs for him breaking his arm. It's total chance. Like, it was so unexpected. But look, wishing him all the best with recovery from that one. It's going to be a long process, but hopefully he gets out of it okay. Um, dogs, they have numbers off the scrum at O'Car flies 80 metres to score. Awesome moment in the game. And one where you'd sort of think the momentum would sort of shift as well and you'd sort of see, you know, the, the Bulldogs start to get back into this game. And they sort of were as well. The, the, the pace of the game, we were talking about how fast it was. It really fastened up around this sort of period as well where both teams were just throwing each other at each other. Um, it was a really entertaining end to the game. But Sean Johnson, try a bit controversial. Obviously, there was a clear obstruction, you know, going back to the consistency part of rulings over the past few weeks. You know, every day of the week, that would have been called an obstruction. Um, but yeah, look, you can't change the past. The Warriors win this game in a tough one. I think the Warriors generally would have won it anyway. I think if they got a second opportunity at some point in that game, they probably would have scored anyway. Uh, but the Warriors, a massive, massive win at home. Uh, and they generally do win at home as well. So very impressed with the Warriors. Very impressed with the Bulldogs. Let's not forget how well the Bulldogs played in this game as well. Uh, we are starting to really see the potential that this side does have. And I don't think they should have their heads down after this loss at all. It was super impressive. The Warriors just got the luck of the draw for me. So awesome performance by the Warriors to get the win there, 16-14. Uh, the Knights v. the Raiders. The Raiders had a super strong super strong start. Can't speak today. Uh, super strong start with heaps of momentum. Matt Frawley, I thought he looked super silky. Was really impressed with his style of play. Uh, the Knights, they gained heaps of momentum in this game, particularly to start. Um, you know, Best and Marzi, they both score as well in this one. Look, I tell you what, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely was a great day to follow Bigless as any time takes because Hudson Young, Greg Marsu, any time try scorers, they scored in the first 10 minutes of that game. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, we, we're not here to fuck spiders, guys. We know what we're doing. Uh, and a beautiful, nice one there to sort of finish off the bet. If only, if only... Uh, the Raiders were to get up, and then I would have been a bloody thousandaire. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, look, it was an awesome little one to get there, both of the try scorers, um, and super impressed with Bradman Best. You know, really bounced back from last week and from last year, really, in my opinion. We're starting to see how dangerous Bradman Best can be. And look, if he has a good injury run, Knockwood, if he has a good injury run, he is going to be absolutely sensational this year. We're really going to see some improvement. But look, I think that just comes with the Knights. Can they improve? Can they play well without Kalen Ponga? Because I think the long-term plan for me, you've got to look with Kalen Ponga, but you've also got to look without him. You know, he's gone to Canada now to scan his brain and, and doing an assessment on his concussion rates. And, and it's going to be very telling, you know, if he can or can't play for the next few months. We're going to be, have a real indicator um, or if he can and ca cannot play over the next few months. And I don't know what the Knights are going to do. It's not just about what these test results say, but it's also about what the Knights want. You know, if the Knights want to rest him for a few games and get him to 100% before bringing him back out there, um, yeah, it's it's going to be really, really tough without Callum Ponga over the next few weeks. But if they can play good footy, if they can play like they did on the weekend against the Raiders, 
uh, and Bradman Best gets good ball. I mean, he is going to be so dangerous, and so is Greg Marzio as well. And to have them both on the same side, I mean, it is going to be absolutely freakish going into this year. Uh, yeah, look, Silky Whiten as well. Whiten was super silky during this game, had some big moments. Uh, he pretty much tricked everybody to score in this game as well. So, something out of nothing play to get the Warriors, uh, sorry, to get the Raiders on the board. Can't believe I said the Warriors then. Uh, Corey Horsbart, charge down play. Love that from the Big Red. Love Big Red over the past few weeks. He has been sensational. I'd love to see him maybe get a crack in a Queensland Origin jersey if he keeps up this form. He has been unbelievable. Uh, the charge down play was a big moment in this game for the Raiders. The Knights come out firing in the second as Whiten is in the bin. Whiten goes to the bin. Um, you know, Knights score three tries in 10 minutes. Knights, seven sets in 10 minutes as well. Seven sets and three tries in 10 minutes is unheard of. Uh, it was back and forth football from then on. The momentum consistently was shifting. And the Knights, well, they ended that six-game losing streak at home after outclassing the Raiders there. Um, it was super, super impressive from the Knights and a game I didn't really expect to see from them. But look, towards the end of the game, there was a few errors from the Raiders that cost them, in my opinion. But look, if I have to really credit the Raiders on something, Seb Chris. Now, I've been backing him for the past few weeks about him at fullback. He stood tall for this, for his side uh, on Sunday. He ran for 293 metres um, off the back of Jackson Hastings' kicking game. Super impressive there. Uh, I've been sort of waiting for him to click it in that position as well. Obviously, I'm more keen on him at centre still. But look, I think it was a big game for him to sort of step up in this one. Unfortunate they didn't get the win. But in the losing side, I thought he was super impressive out the back there. 293 metres in this game. Uh, Knight centre, Bradman Best. He has scored four tries in four games against the Raiders as well. Just nice little stats there. Hudson Young has scored a try in the past four games against the Knights as well. Um, the Raiders have lost their past four away games as well now. For me, do I think that the Raiders would have won if Jamal Fogarty was still in this side? I think they're definitely more of a chance. But I thought Matt Frawley looked super silky, uh, very impressive for a stand-in halfback. Uh, and I love that about Matt Frawley. He's so good and so experienced out there as that reserve halfback. I was super impressed with him. More so impressed with the Knights to come out with a big win, ending that six-game losing streak. And then the final game, and probably uh, one of the biggest games of the evening, the Dragons v. the Sharkies. Now, obviously, Nico Hines returned in this one, and he returned with a bang as Cronulla savaged local rivals, uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, with a dominant 40-8 win uh, to close out round four. Now, obviously, it was much closer to start. You look at the scoreline, if you didn't watch this game, 40 to 8, and you go, oh, the, the, the Sharkies just smashed the, smashed the Dragons. It wasn't like that at all. I mean, the Sharks didn't have the best start to the game uh, with their completion rate sitting only at 61%. Uh, at halftime. And remarkably, the Dragons were leading 8-6 midway through the first half as well. So the Dragons had the momentum, uh, especially, you know, towards the start of the first half. Look, I mean, it was a diabolical second half. It was a big second half here from the Sharkies. And Nico Hines, he just went sicko mode. He just had ice in his veins. He was just setting up tries left, right, and center. He was a real staple player in this side. And, uh, you know, you can see what the Sharks are missing without uh, Nico Hines as well. His style of play is just unbeatable. Look, I would not be surprised if we go down the track to Origin and he is the number six. I really would not be surprised if he keeps up the form that he's playing with in this game. 
Now, look, he's only been back for one game, but if he keeps up this form, I reckon he could definitely be the sixth for Origin as well. I think he definitely gets Jerome Luai's spot. And I know they want to stick to combinations, but I think that he's just going to play so good that it's going to be hard for him to stick to combinations, Freddie. It's going to be really hard for him to stick to those combinations. And I'd be giving Nico Hines a crack for sure. Um, there was plenty of highlights to choose from from the Sharks in that second half as well in terms of their attacking prowess uh, with their back three, Will Kennedy, Ronaldo, Molotalo, and Sione Katoa. Uh, I mean, they were all contributing, huge, contributing hugely uh, to this outcome. I thought they were all really impressive. Uh, their back three, I think they have one of the best back threes in the comp. I think they have one of the better spines in the comp as well. I mean, I think Blake Braley is super underrated in terms of his style of play. Um, I think that he is really impressive as well in the nine. Um, but, you know, I think their back three is super impressive and one of the better ones as well. Uh, even their back five, I would say, you know, Jesse Ramian can have his game and he definitely had a big game in this one. He was very close to making my team of the week, but just didn't get there for me. Uh, he was super impressive. I was sort of trying to round it down. Look, if I was going to name half the NRL again in my team of the week, like the, some of the complaints I was getting about the team of the week last week, uh, Ramian definitely would have been there because he was phenomenal in this game. Uh, and then obviously their other center, Talakai, he was quite good in this game as well. Uh, in that second half, the whole Sharks team just lifted. It was a really big, big game. Uh, there was a few patchy opening few moments. The Sharks were the first on the board with a try that foreshadowed what was to come from Hines. Then obviously Ben Hunt gets on a bit of a roll. He sets up two tries and you're thinking, fuck, the Dragons, mate, I'll tell you what, they could get back into this game. Uh, attacking weapon Ben Hunt. Um, you know, he puts 100% into this team, but it's just not enough. And, you know, you can see why he is the Queensland number nine because he just puts 100% in for his team every single game. Um, you know, I mean, he sets up tries. He just puts everything in in, in terms of attack, in terms of defense. Um, super impressive from Ben Hunt, but obviously uh, wasn't enough in the second half. I don't think there was a single Dragons player that could have said that they played well, as Ben Hunt said in a quote as well. And I totally agree with that. I think that it was pretty hard for the Dragons to get on the front foot with just how well the Sharks were playing. Um, yeah, the Dragons fans were really unhappy, and you could see that you know, at the end of the game. And look, before you know, we get to the end of this preview, I just want to say there's obviously been a lot of rumours that Anthony Griffin will be sacked. Uh, are they looking for another coach and they want to make him reapply? And obviously the reapply part is true and the club has confirmed that. Um, but I think it is super unfair. You know, there's got to be a point where you sort of look back and you don't keep blaming coaches. It's not always the coach's fault. You know, there's been so many issues internally. Um, you know, during the entirety of the preseason, there was a lot of stuff out about the Tigers. You know, some of the players were getting into a bit of trouble. Amone was into a bit of trouble as well. He's only just been allowed to play again this year. Uh, there was a, some issues with some other players in that team, which I won't mention. But there was a lot of issues internally. And it was all blamed on Anthony Griffin. And you look back at Manly with all the issues they had internally, you know, with some of the players. Um, I mean, it was pretty heavy to suck Desi Hasler. I think it's going to be pretty heavy if they go ahead and get a new coach over Anthony Griffin, who's still got a few years on his contract. I think it would be super unfair on him. I don't think it would be the right call. There's got to be a point where you start blaming the players and you don't blame the coach. And I think that's exactly... Um, you know, the, the, the route that they should be going down here, not blaming Anthony Griffin um, for something that's happening internally with the players rather than in the coaching staff. So I think that would be personally very heavy if they went and if they went ahead and, and 
sacked Anthony Griffin. I don't think he deserves to be sacked whatsoever. Um, but look, you know, to sum up this game, there's not really much to talk about. It was just Nico Hines for me. It was the big thing. And um, his impact that he has in this side, you can see why he was the Dalian me- medal winner last year. Uh, and as I said, I think that he could definitely play Origin if he wanted to. Nico Hines, he was sensational. But there you go. Uh, that is your round four review. One, two, three, four.